And we are going to be in Psalms chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40. I want to preach a message on this time I waited. This time I waited. The Bible says in Psalms 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy love and kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy love and kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this psalm. I pray you'd help us all, Lord, uh, to take heed this night. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would wait on you. Thank you for... um, your word, Lord. Thank you for testimonies of others, uh, Lord, and the great things you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, the Bible says, you brought me up also out of a horrible pit. There are many pits in the word of God. Many pits. And uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 26, read that, Proverbs 26, verse 27, whoso diggeth a pit shall fall Therein, whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein. And we dig our own pits. The reason we fall is because we dug them. We dug that pit. Amen. God puts us on a clear, plain path. The Bible says a narrow path. When we hear narrow, uh, I, I told a guy the other, a couple weeks ago, I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm very narrow-minded. That, that's... Uh, not a good thing in the world today, but it is. In some ways, it is very good. That means your mind's not everywhere. It means you're focused. You know, we don't need a lot of clutter in our minds. We already have enough distractions as it is. But in our whole entire life, 
Uh, now, being narrow-minded, uh, I don't have to explain that. Amen? But we need to be set on the narrow ways of God. We don't need to add anything to God's way. God has provided everything we need in that straight and narrow path. Amen? That straight and narrow path is the path uh, that we need to be on and stay on because that's where God is. And that's the path we need, that straight and narrow way, uh, wherein is, the Bible says is good. You're going to find rest there unto your souls. Uh, this world knows nothing about rest. They're always full of fear and, and anxiety and look uncertain about tomorrow. News is what guides them. Amen. That's why people get into psychic readings. You ought not to get into that. You ought not to be looking at horoscopes and all that mess. It's nothing but witchcraft. Uh, we need to look in the Word of God and pray. You know, God will change the weather uh, for you. God will change. God will stop time for you. He does. He does today. God works like that. Amen. You need to pray. Prayer can do everything God can do. Uh, the Bible says, "Whosoever diggeth a pit shall fall." Therein. Now, I want to <clears throat> combat a mindset that I had growing up. And it was the wrong mindset to have. The mindset is, <clears throat> if you want to walk with God, you cannot fall. You're not allowed to fall. And if you do, you're done. Now, I don't know where I got that mindset growing up. But I could not compete with that. And I found myself discouraged when I dug my pit and fell therein. I found myself unable to compete with who I thought I should be. Because I saw my own uh, frailty and incompetence and... Uh, imperfections. So I want to combat that idea today and that mindset. If you have that mindset that you have to achieve and be something in order to walk with God or even be in church today or even enjoy your life with Christ, let me tell you something. Christ paid it and finished the work already on the cross and there is nothing you have to prove. Amen? Let me get a hand of applause. For you. There is nothing you have to prove. Uh, because Jesus finished it for you. You don't have to add to his work on the cross. If you can keep your eyes on the prize, which is him, not achieving this Christian life, and then the Christian life is about him. We get to live it. It's a privilege to live it. You get to enjoy living a Christian life. This psalm here has been uh, a blessing to me. Because it's going to instruct you, it's going to instruct me how to get out of a pit when you do fall, when you do dig that pit within. What do you do when you're in the pit of your life? How do you get back up? How do you get back in the way? How do you get back in the truth? How do you get back in the life? You say, well, I'm fine. I don't... Uh, you know, I, I fall here and there, but let me tell you this. 
you can never gauge how deep a pit is. I'm not talking about a little pothole. Pit is 10 feet, 15 feet, they're dark. But you don't know if they're 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet. You can't see the bottom. By God's grace, you've not fallen down deep. But there are many who do fall down deep. But this is for all. Because only God can get you out of the pit of your life. A horrible pit. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. It was a pit that was the pit of his life. A horrible one. And you need to grave this in your mind and in your heart that if you ever, if you ever, get in a pit, there's hope. There's hope. Amen? You say, I don't need this right now, but you will need it. And hopefully you never do. But you will need it because if you never use it, you can use it at least to instruct somebody, amen, to help them out of their pit. Number one, you got to look at your situation. You got yourself in a pit. It is what it is. It is what it is. How'd you get there? You dug it. Your sin is between you and your God. It's not against anybody else. Although you could have sinned against somebody, but sin is mainly against you and God. That is our focus here. Uh, We can make peace with each other or not see each other for the rest of our lives, amen? But God is everywhere, and you need to be right with God, amen? You can go on and not talk to somebody. Now, sometimes, well, every time, you need to get right with somebody in order to be right with God, amen? Get right with your brother, especially in church. But let's focus on our relationship with God, amen? That's a little bit further down. Right now, you're in a pit. Let's say you're in a pit. Right now you're in a pit and your sin is against God. Because people, nobody can get you out of a pit. A pit is a spiritual dark place. Spiritual dark place. If you lost your way with God, that means you're in a pit. You need to uh, examine your situation. Know you're in a situation and you got yourself there. And how do you get out? First of all, you don't know how deep you got yourself into. No sin is minor. No sin. There's not a sin that is a minor thing. You think you could play around with fire. You don't know how deep you got yourself in. You think you got out, but you, you might have only got halfway up. You think you're out of the pit, but you might have a far way to go. You don't know how deep you got yourself into. When you think you're out, you're not. Want to burn that in your mind. Because every time you fall in a pit, you don't know how deep the next one is. By God's mercy, it's because you got out the last time, amen? But the more you dig... Uh, the deeper it is. There was a two-year-old in Spain a couple years ago. Everybody remember this story? Anybody know this story? Made the news for weeks. Husband and wife, they had a picnic. And their little two-year-old was running around. 
This was in Spain two years ago, 2019. And uh, the father turns around and his little son's gone. Where'd he go? Literally picture uh, a couple running around in a field with a little boy, two years old, and the little boy's, daddy, daddy. And he heard a little scream. He turns around, his son's gone. Well, they search, him and his wife, and they see, find this little hole. It was barely 10 inches wide in diameter. He reached, it's all dark, he reached down there to, to see if he could feel his son and nothing. That hole wind up going down over 200 feet. 200 feet. The father first thought, this is a true story, the father first thought that it maybe was only three, four feet. So he kept, you know, digging, trying to reach down to see his son and, and uh, calling out, hey, are you, are you down there? We're... 230 feet. You don't know how deep. By God's mercy, we're all here. By God's mercy, you got out the last one. But the next one may be the biggest ever. This is also a warning. Don't take God's mercy in vain. Don't fall or fail from the grace of God. God's grace is what keeps you from getting in there. Don't ignore God's grace and his, his warning signals. Like, hey, stop that digging now before it's too late. God will never be through with you. But you can fall down so deep that you can sustain some injuries that will never go away spiritually. A little boy, uh, of course, died. They retrieved his body uh, weeks later after drilling um, and so on. They had to drill down on a, a large angle because they couldn't drill near it, also would collapse dirt on them. They had to get underneath 300 feet and then come up and they got his body. We, I've seen many people uh, die in their walk with the Lord. What makes somebody die in their walk with the Lord? How do you get up out of a pit? Pits, you don't know how deep they are. Let's look at verse 12. The Bible says, For innumerable evils, Psalms 40, verse 12, For innumerable evils have compassed me about, surrounded you. Innumerable, that means you cannot number them. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head, therefore my heart faileth me. You'll lose heart in life to live, and you're in darkness. You can't even look up. You're in a deep, deep, dark pit. Listen, if you lost your way today with the Lord... Uh, that means you're in a pit. 
If you can't see ahead with the Lord and where you're going, that means you're in a pit. That means you're in darkness. That means you got some sin between you and God that uh, you need to take care of before your pit gets any deeper. You think you fell in one and you got out easily the last time, but the next one may not be the same. Soils are different. Ways are different. When you go ahead and try to crawl your way out, uh, it can just come on right back on you. A road, they're darker. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. As a pastor, I would like to tell everyone just to stay away from the pits. But as a man, I would like to tell you how to get out of one when you find yourself in one. Amen? Number one is wait patiently. Wait patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord. I wait patiently. That means you just sit there? No. That means you're going to rearrange your life around God. Why you got yourself in that pit was because you were not doing what you should be doing with the Lord. And you know that. You know what I'm talking about. You're messing around with fire. You're going to get burned. There is no way any of us can handle... uh, The things uh, and the darts of the devil. We think we're stronger, but we're not. The devil likes to deceive us until he's got such a foothold in our life. And that's when we find out that we cannot contain uh, this lion in our living room. It's nice when they're behind a cage and you get to uh, poke them and and feed them or whatever. Uh, But when they're in your living room, that's when you're overwhelmed with fear and He controls you now. And the devil is the lion. We need to wait, number one, wait patient on the Lord. We need to rearrange our life around God. When you're in that pit, uh, you need to do some decision making uh, to to show the Lord, Lord, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to rearrange my life around you. There are some things I'm going to get out of my life right now. First of all, clean house. If there are things that are bringing you into that pit, you got to get them out of your life. You got to get them out. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You got to get them out. You say, well, it's not really, if you have to defend it, then it's bad. Haven't you learned that yet? If you have to prove why it's good, then it is not good. Amen? Pastor, do you know this poison actually is okay to, listen. It's not okay to eat, okay? I don't have to prove to you uh, that an apple is okay to eat or a pizza is okay to eat, all right? But I probably will have to try to convince you that poison is okay uh, to eat, which is not. So if you're trying to prove to your own flesh that the sin is okay, it's not okay. Got it? If you have to prove it's all right, it's not all right. Rearrange your life around God. This is your time. God wants to do something. If you want God to get you out, this is some decision making. The little pits are going to be okay. You're going to say, you know what, I'll get out of this one. God, get me out. He'll get you out. But then the next one's much deeper. And he's going to show you, you can't get out on your own. 
And this is when he's going to want you to make some decisions for him. Make some decisions for God. Rearrange your life around God. Change your schedule around God. If you're stuck in a pit, you're a dead man anyway. Understand that. You're, gonna, you're a dead man. It's okay now to give your life to God. Give your life to God. Rearrange your life entirely around God. Trials won't change your heart. You say, God, get me out of this pit. I'll do anything for you. That's a lie. That's out of desperation. You're going to have to make changes in your life to force yourself to do things for God at that point and be willing to make those changes. If you go on the same path, you're going to find yourself in the same pits later on down the road. Whether it's 10 years later down the road, it doesn't matter. You've got to make changes in your life. God will point out those changes and what he wants you to make, and you can't be fearful to do that. Trials won't change your heart. They only show what's in it. Trials won't change your heart. They only show what's in it. Trials don't prove whether God is there or not. They prove where you are with God. You say, well, how, where's God when I need him most? Where's he at? Trials don't prove whether God is there or not. They prove where you are with God. Where's God when I need him? Where are you? This trial is proving where you are with God. Because God is there. Where are you at? You're going to wait patiently for the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not lying your way out. You're going to get yourself in situations and you're going to be convinced that you have to do more wrong to get yourself out of that situation. Lying. Lying your way out of the pit. Stealing your way out of the pit. Cheating your way out of the pit. Waiting on the Lord is not any of those. Waiting on the Lord is rearranging your life around God and doing right so that God can work. Doing right in the midst of chaos allows God to do his job. Waiting on the Lord is allowing God to do his job. You think of a couple uh, young guys at work. You know how the older guys say young guys know everything. They think they know it all, right? And I've learned, why do the older guys, they just have this uh, mentality when it comes to work? And I've learned why. They like watching the younger guys struggle a little bit. They get a laugh out of it. But oftentimes, they've learned, they'll watch the younger guys. The younger guys think that they're completing all this work. And they'll work three, four hours. And the older guys, they knew a way that they can get it done in 10 minutes. So the younger guys are struggling and working and working and working and working, 
thinking they're getting all these things done, and the older guys are just doing it the hard way. But the young guys don't listen. No, they know it all. The older guys try to tell them, but the young guys don't listen. Right? And that's how we are with God. And God's just waiting. When are you going to let me work? I can have this done. You are wasting time. You're wasting energy. You're wasting heart. As the Bible says, my heart faileth. Let me work. In this moment, there's nothing else you can do when you're in a pit. God's going to teach you some lessons, life lessons, that are going to go with you when he gets you out of that pit and for the rest of your life so that you can avoid these pitfalls. But not only that, so you could be fruitful in your life, maybe even for the first time. Number two, count your life dead and hid in Christ. Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, the Bible says in verse 11, Romans 6, 11, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. And this is talking about uh, the law and grace and uh, being freed from sin or being bound by sin or being freed from the law, being bound by the law. But we're, amen, freed by grace. Neither yield ye your members as instruments unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Your new life is hid in Christ. Your new life is God. That's a reminder. The moment you got saved, as Christ raised from the dead, he dieth no more. You can't kill someone that's died for you and raised again. And when you got born again, you raised from the dead. Death has no, hath no more dominion over you. Let not therefore sin reign in your mortal body, the Bible says. Count your life dead and hid in Christ. When Christ gets you out, he'll have a whole new walk. He'll have a whole new way for you. He'll have a whole new song. Let's look in verse 3. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. God's going to make of you a testimony. Those pits that you fall in, you know, they humble you. They make you uh, somebody that you weren't before. Somebody that God can use. You say, how can God use me? I'm no good. That's why God can use you. Because you're at that point now. If you think you're good, God can't use you. When you know you're not good, now God can use you. Amen? They sh he shows you who you are and shows you how great he is. Somebody dependent upon God that strongly is going to do some great things for God. And your testimony is an example of that. A new way, a new walk, a new talk, a new song, a new testimony. Verse 6, sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Opens your ears. You're going to hear new things from God. Eye hath not seen nor ear heard. Neither had entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
you're going to hear things in a different way. Why? Because your heart was humbled. Verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You're going to have delight. You're going to have a fruitful and soft heart. Verse 9. I have preached righteousness in a great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. When you find yourself in a pit, you need to wait patiently for the Lord. Let's look at verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. You know who that is? That's the Lord Jesus Christ, as we read in Hebrews. Lord Jesus Christ, amen, comes along and he gets you out and he pulls you out of that miry clay and sets my feet upon a rock. Verse 2, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet Upon a rock, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? The day he pulls you out and sets you upright and sets your feet strong so that your praise, so that your song is nothing about the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing but the lamb, nothing but the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washed me white as snow. Final thought, and we'll close. It's not all right to fall in any pit. It's not all right. Sin is not all right. But in reality, reality is God is there if or when we do. I want you guys to know that. That we're not invincible. It's not okay. But God can still use you and God still loves you and God cares for you if or when you do just as much as he did when you weren't therein. Amen? Allow God to use you and your testimonies of your past and all that he has done for you. You never forget it. And let your life be a living praise and a song for our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. You know, that's a song. He hath put a new song in my heart. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we ask you, Lord, uh, for your guidance and strength, Lord, and keep us, O God, from digging any pits. We think we can play around, Lord, sometimes. Lord, we get our shovel out and we dig uh, even a small one, Lord, but we'll never know the day, Lord, or how the depth of that pit may go, Lord, and find ourselves in ways we can't get out. But, Lord, you are always so good and so righteous, so faithful, Lord, so strong, to come, oh, Lord Jesus, come. Lord, let not your mercy tarry, I pray, O oh God, if anyone's in a pit today, that you'd lift them out, Lord. Let them wait for you. Let them change their lives, uh, Lord, for your honor and glory. Let them see that you are the only one who's worthy, Father, and that it is an honor to walk on that straight and narrow path, Lord, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not worthy to walk that path. Lord, we get to walk it with you. Lord, we're not worthy to be called even a Christian, but, Lord, you've named us and given us a new name, born again child of the king, child of the lamb, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ.
And I pray, oh God, that we would all see that only you are worthy. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. I want to ask you if, if God has spoke to your heart. You come down, you pray. Lord, you get me and keep me out of this pit. You say, I'm not in a pit. Will you ask God to keep you out? Maybe you're messing around and digging some. Say, God, let me stop now. Let me rearrange my life. Let me take heed and, and cast that shovel aside and stop messing around with the things that I've been doing against you, oh Lord. Let me take heed right now. Before I'll be in the deepest pit of my life, turn my heart, dear Jesus, turn it. Turn me to you. Turn me to you. Jesus will never leave you. He'll come and get you help. You don't ever have to worry about that. But oh, my beloved, pits are terrible. It's a horrible place. Horrible place. If we can avoid them at all costs, we'll all be better off. May God keep you from them. May God keep you walking. May God keep you winning. Remind us all that it's an honor for us to be called the sons of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom we shine as lights. And that light is not us. It's the hope of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not you and our righteousness that shines. It's him and his righteousness. Remind yourself of that today. And there's nothing to prove but to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy it. Walk with the Savior. Enjoy his blessings. Enjoy obeying Him. In His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for, uh, Lord, getting us out, Lord, whether small or deep. Father, you're always faithful. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful and help us to avoid them, and you're faithful, Lord, when we don't and we get ourselves in one. You're faithful in getting us out. Lord, I pray you'll help us all, Lord, to always be looking to the Lord Jesus Christ for everything we do, whether we eat or whether we drink or whatsoever we do, we do it all for the glory of Christ. Father, I pray, Lord, you'll bless, Lord, the fellowship after. Thank you for all those who put their hand to the plow, Lord, and brought drinks and, and made food, Lord, prepared and set up. And Father, we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for all you've given, all you provided. Help those who are hurting. Help, Lord, those who are in a pit. And help those, Lord, who are serving. Help those who are walking. Help those who are running. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope that was a blessing to you.